0: Thank you for listening to the Conformed to Christ podcast, where we aim to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. Jay Jones, and I'm here with George Mays. Hey, Good George. Morning. Today is Text-Driven Tuesday. It is. And winter has arrived. Yeah, we just in Southwest skipped, Oklahoma skipped over fall and went
1: straight to winter. That's how yeah, we always do it dude.
0: Right. You know, it's one of the things I, I really loved about living in Kansas City. Um, it's a great place to live, but... That's the first time I think I ever really experienced four seasons. The fall. I mean, the first time I saw fall there, I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Right. And uh, (laughs) the nice weather and the temperatures are nice and all the incredible colors. But that's not how it is here, George. We're like 100 degrees. Right. Two weeks later. It was was 90 last week, wasn't it? Yeah. It was 90 (laughs) degrees last week. Yeah. It will be tomorrow. Twenty-eight degrees and sleeting. Yep, that's that's Oklahoma. No, there's mm-hmm. no fall. No, you might get colors on the tree if you have that type of tree. You may have colors for like one week and then it's frozen and gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, it was the same way in in uh, Louisville. We we would have the actual four seasons. It yeah. was it's like what is this? Uh-huh. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, my Facebook memories pulled up. Ten years ago today, I was I was in Louisville in my Old Testament class, and there was a tornado warning. Wow! And uh, so tornado sirens are going off. Uh, there's electronic signs in the classroom; they're they're blinking. Tornado warning! Take cover!
0: Did a tornado really uh, come?
1: Well, I mean, there was I don't. It's been ten years ago. I don't I don't remember. don't remember, but I do remember my Old Testament professor Peter Gentry took our Old Testament class down to the basement. Mm. Where we proceeded to take a quiz and he lectured. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got he's Hardcore man, unstoppable man. He's like, you paid for this, you're gonna get, yeah. it. you're gonna get it. This education, <laughs> yeah, unstoppable. <clears throat> well, we're gonna jump into text driven Tuesday. You're back in Peter, uh, Peter, First Peter, so yeah. people can find their place in their text. We start First Peter. You started First Peter, chapter four. And you went verses one through six, mm-hmm. um, but you had a just a little quick thing. I thought me. Maybe just beneficial for people here we don't have to save it till Friday uh, Gospel coalition you sent me this morning this little text it's, it's podcast related so I'm interested right okay I'm already you know this i'm doing research i I've, right. I've, I've been I did so much research last week yeah it made me tired every day on how to do video podcasting yeah and, and if you listened for free for all we recorded um just to try to see what it would be like to mm-hmm. do it. We did it with the equipment that we have, so we used how'd that How'd that turn out? We used phones. You know, actually, the phones that were set up correctly captured it very nicely. Okay. Um, the GoPro didn't work well because there wasn't enough light. Mm. But it's the editing. There's mm. no way I am going to edit <laughs> our podcast shows. Yeah. it's It would be a full-time job. Right. It, it, not with the setup we have. Now, there are... Uh, there is a way for us to do it where I could set in here while we're recording and switch back and forth, and have it done. Yeah. We're just gonna have to save our money for a little bit for okay. that. And we need we need three we need three real cameras. Gotcha. Uh, the cheapest would probably be three hundred dollars. So I mean we've we've got to get some things. We'll get there. Um, we need to grow is this our a, audience. Is this
1: a is this a call out to the audience?
0: Uh, if you want it to be, we don't have a <laughs> Patreon account. That's how that's how low budget we are. We don't yeah. even have a Patreon account. Um, it's just a, this is a ministry of our church, so if right. you if you want to, go ahead, write us a check to Christ Fellowship Church. Send it in the old fashioned snail mail since we don't have Patreon, and make it to uh, in the memo to conform to Christ. There you go. There's there you your go. pitch. Um, but of course, you don't have to do that because right. the church supports this ministry, and if we have to do it, George, we'll just save our money. We'll just do it ourselves. Delayed gratification. Right. I don't know that people would even watch anyway because we've got like 24. We have like 24 (laughs) people downloading this podcast. Let's be serious. (laughs) But because of all the research, I sent you some Joe Rogan clips. Uh Uh-huh. He has the Joe Rogan podcast for number one. It goes for like three hours. Right. Right. So I'm never gonna feel bad about going. I want won- <laughs> ever, ever, George. It's one of the most popular podcasts yeah. in the world.
1: I, you know, he had Kanye on yeah. last week. I really want to watch it, but I just don't know if I have the three, you know, hours, three hours to invest
0: <laughs> to invest in this. Yeah. Well, he'll release the uh, micro-content later. Okay. That's, I learned that last right. week, too. He'll release little <laughs> clips of it. So, anyway, you sent, you sent me this article this morning. Tell mm-hmm. me about it.
1: Well, it's from the Gospel Coalition, and if you listen to us enough, you know how we feel about the Gospel Coalition. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, they released this article uh, this morning, I guess, and it is entitled, Joe Rogan's Example for Believers. Mm-hmm. And the the, uh, the little description of the video says, Joe Rogan offers us a model of hospitable conversation with those who differ on important beliefs.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not going to read the article because I, I just don't read Gospel Collision articles anymore. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I think I know what they're getting at because he's a great, he's a, he's a good podcaster. <clears throat> There's people like him. He has all kinds of people on, and many of them don't, Agree with what he believes, right? And so, they you got people with differing opinions about things on there, in there, right? They're not mean to each other.
1: Uh, I mean, you said it, it's probably because they take a hit off their blunt,
0: yeah. That's a, <laughs> that, that's one thing I, I that think does, that, that may that, that may prob- help. that
1: probably does that probably goes a long way toward yeah. e- towards right. easing the tension,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But one thing that I, that I noticed, I think that they maybe miss in this gospel coalition, they're trying to say Christians should be more like that. Um, Joe Rogan doesn't uh, try to say he has absolute truth, right? Right. If he were to take that stance, I bet you those conversations would look different. Yeah. And that, that's where we are as Christians. We can be as hospitable as possible, but when we do stand on um, absolute truth, then— Right, yeah, something happens, Man, and well, I think this ties into your sermon, as we'll see.
1: Pa- Paul, Paul, yeah. in uh, in Romans twelve, right? As mm-hmm. as far as it's up to you, be at peace with all people. Yeah, as as much as it's up to us, we can be at peace. But if we're you know if we're presenting absolute truth, the world's going to hate that. But my problem with the Gospel Coalition and articles like this is that here is an unbeliever who is suppressing the truth and unrighteousness and I, I don't know, the I the Gospel Coalition used to confess that, right? Um I don't know if they still do. <laughs> I don't know if they still do. But here's a here's an unbeliever. He's suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. And the gospel coalition they they offer him up as an example for believers. Right. Like he should follow this. Like is there nothing in the scriptures that can help us here do we have to look to right, an unbeliever yeah. to like it? I, I know why they do it they're they're trying to be relevant
0: they're trying to be relevant and get people to click and cuz you got like i mean he's the most popular podcaster in the world probably right.
1: um and we shouldn't be i mean the the like like all articles from the gospel coalition it's not all bad
0: no but there's good no I, we d-
1: we don't need to be blasting people 24/7 there there is a time to be gentle and a time I mean we're we can be respectful. Right. Um but there's also a time when we should be be blunt and sometimes be severe. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. You know I, I just I, I can't ever see a Christian talking with a non Christian and the Christian coming down on the side of this is true, mm-hmm. right? This isn't uh this is a true for me. Thing and it's true for you. Thing, this is a you're wrong thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I and I can't see it ever going the way it goes on the Joe Rogan podcast, right? It's just gonna get weird yeah. quick, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but it ties into with your with your sermon, I think. Uh Which <clears throat> your sermon was kind of like, uh, part two of my sermon. It was. It really was. You
1: yeah. know, I I think. Um, I, as i was as i was studying through this and thinking about your sermon and i don't want to i don't want to re-preach your sermon <laughs> right you know, um, i was just thinking you know we don't plan this stuff mm-hmm. like i've got i've got 1 peter mapped out pretty well i've tweaked it a little bit since i've started i've i've done a few things differently but you and I haven't sat down and and said, "All right, here's where I'm going to be. Where are you going to be, and right. and stuff like that." I
0: started preaching John three years ago, right? And before we ever merged churches, we
1: didn't. You know, you you had your long series on evil and suffering for your doctoral. Mm. We've had the coronavirus. Um, you you've taken a couple of of. Sundays to deal with specific things mm-hmm. um, like the critical race yeah. uh, stuff that was going on. So we haven't, we haven't sat down and like mapped this stuff out. All we've done is, is been committed to expositional preaching. Mm-hmm. Like we, We're just preaching through books of the Bible. We're just taking it chapter by chapter, verse by verse. How does this section divide? And um, we just see how, how God providentially put stuff together yeah right and so this I think I mean the reason that I started preaching first Peter in the first place was I was thinking about our congregation I was thinking about the, the general thrust of first Peter preparing for suffering seeing you know the way that the culture is is going and wanting to emphasize that for our people mm-hmm. preparing them for whatever kind of uh, future might be on the horizon for them. And uh and it just you know just so happened, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that your sermon last week and my sermon this Sunday had yeah, a lot they, of a lot right. of overlap.
0: Yeah, they like I said that it's almost like hey, here's part 2. the we got it from Jesus, now let's see what Peter says mm-hmm. after living in it for a while. Right. Like Jesus tells Peter, "Hey, you're going to live in this." <laughs> Yeah. I'm telling you, so you can get ready. And then now, here's Peter, having lived in it, mm-hmm. telling the church, "Hey, you better get ready, right? Because you're going to live in it." <laughs> yeah. So let's jump into it, George. Okay, let's uh, do let's it. Re- read it, and um, we'll just just quickly, quickly catch us up if you can in 30 seconds where we are before you start reading in First Peter chapter four.
1: Okay, so um, Peter has been dealing with. Um, different areas of life, um, how to relate to the government, how slaves are supposed to submit to the masters, wives to their husbands, how Christians in general are supposed to live in a hostile environment. And um, the last time, the, the last uh, sermon in, in chapter three was dealing with the fact that Christ has overcome all evil powers. Mm-hmm. So he's proclaimed his victory to the spirits in prison. Mm-hmm. and he's been exalted that was a fun podcast yeah and uh, and now um, Peter is going to jump back into more persecution and suffering right okay Christ is overcome but here we are living in the real world we're living in we're living in this reality where we're still facing hostility mm-hmm. and uh, for the churches that Peter's dealing with they haven't they haven't experienced the full blunt or brunt of the of the Uh, Roman Empire, right? I'm still thinking about about Joe Rogan. Rogan? Uh, You know, they (laughs) haven't faced the full brunt of the Roman Empire yet, uh, but they will (laughs) in the future. (laughs) Right over there. (laughs) Uh, But they they haven't experienced um, death. Yeah, this isn't, but it's coming. It's It's starting. Right. It's it's coming. Um, So he's preparing them. He's preparing them, and so. Chapter four and and Chapter five are going to deal um, very heavily on how to live
0: in persecution. Right. And who's, who's emperor? Nero is, and yeah. he's getting ready to begin his yeah. He'll he'll
1: persecute. He will officially persecute the Christians in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on when you think. Peter wrote this. He's probably in Rome yeah. at this time. So in the next couple of years, probably
0: he can see the writing, though. Right, the writing's on the wall. Right. He's use it in an old school old. Te- it's an Old Testament reference. That's People right. probably don't even know that. <laughs> right. Google's it.
1: Um. Yeah. So he he knows that it's coming. Yeah. Nero is going to officially persecute the Christians in Rome. It's not going to be an official, an official law throughout the empire. But to carry favor with the emperor, You're gonna follow they're, suit. they're gonna, yeah, <clears throat> there's gonna be uh, spots of intense persecution throughout uh, the area that Peter. And it will only
0: intensify, yeah. For the, the it the next it only, several it only gets worse. Years. yeah, it only yeah. gets
1: worse until until Constantine yeah. comes on the scene. Right.
0: All right, so uh, why don't you read that okay, for us? Okay, so let's look in.
1: at First uh, Peter chapter four, and I'll read verses one through six. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the Spirit the way God does. Okay, so
0: your outline was out of the text, which if you're listening, this should be how an expository sermon goes. And if you're not familiar with that, an expository sermon is a sermon which takes the the bible the text as inerrant as inspired by god and so then the preacher sees his job his role as a in the church as a minister to the church to simply relay to the church what god has already said an outline is needed because we need ways to formulate our thinking Mm But the outline shouldn't be an invention of the preacher. It should come from the passage. So you should be able to look at your passage and see it. And so you've done that. Um, it's, it's as
1: Kanye said, right? No sauce. Don't put any sauce don't on that. Don't put any sauce on that.
0: Yeah. Just <laughs> Joe rog- that's Joe Rogan and Kanye West. He was explaining to Joe Rogan what an expositional sermon was. Can right. you believe that? I know. It's, Just add, it's add, wild. That. add one more thing to 2020. Yeah. Here's Kanye, Kanye West, West on Joe Rogan. <laughs> explaining to Joe Rogan and his 40 bazillion million podcast followers it's like 40 million or something um what an expositional (laughs) sermon is he says i don't i don't need no hot i don't need no no sauce on my on my text what he's saying is he's got enough entertainment in his life he doesn't need his preacher to be entertaining (laughs) he just needs him to tell him what the bible says i like it don't give me no sauce george it's good (laughs) no sauce extra george you gave us a very clear outline Ah uh, three ways to arm yourselves to suffer that's is my simplified uh, three three ways to yeah. arm yourselves
1: and and the reason why it's three reasons to arm yourselves is because there's one yeah there's one command in that's this right. passage yes it's it's in verse one, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, Arms. arm yourselves that's yeah. that is the controlling imperative throughout yeah. this passage um everywhere that this is the only place that this word is used in its verb form. But everywhere else in the New Testament, where it's it's found, it's in its noun form and it's translated as weapon or um, instrument. Okay, and so he's telling yep. them to pick up your pick up your weapon, and in the context, I believe that it's preparing yourself to suffer. Yeah, uh, because Christ yes. suffered.
0: You're right. So it's like arm yourself, like war. Pick up yeah. a weapon of war. He, he's
1: already, he's already said in chapter one. Um, in verse thirteen, he's already said, "Therefore, preparing your minds for action," and that literally can be translated as "gird the loins of your mind." Right. So he's already told them, "Tuck in your tuck in your tunic into your belt. Get ready for for action." Yeah. And now here in chapter four, verse one, he's telling them, "Pick up your weapon."
0: Yeah, I, I like that imagery. So three are three ways to arm yourselves to suffer. Um, you've got. By arm yourself by considering Jesus. Arm yourself by deliberately pursuing righteousness. Um, and then the last one, I can't even read what I wrote. Arm yourself. I think I wrote by by um, something. Goodness, Jay. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's hang on. Terrible. I'll get it. My reading, my writing is so terrible. By putting off momentary pleasures. For eternal glory, something yeah, like that. That's yeah, that's good. That's, that's yeah. good. <laughs> by uh, say it, say it, say it for me. You got? Tell me what you had.
1: Got to arm yourself by by um, putting away this momentary pleasures for the and, sake of eternal glory. And yeah, for for eternal glory. Yeah,
0: I knew I had it. <laughs> All
1: right, you gotta work on. let go. You okay. gotta work on that handwriting. I brother.
0: know. Let's, uh, let's go through these one at a time. And instead of working through your sermon like in the technicalities, I'd encourage people just to go listen to that. Okay. What I want to do is apply it better because right. I think it's so relevant oh, uh, for, for our time. So, number one, arm yourselves to prepare, prepare for suffering by considering Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, tell us, tell us and tell the listener. Uh, why Peter says that and then let's talk about application yeah
1: well I broke it down into three into three areas Um, so I got this from verse one since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh arm yourselves with the same Uh way of thinking Um, so I I I divided this into three sections the first is just consider that Jesus suffered and this was this was just a kind of a carryover from from your sermon Uh uh, from John chapter 15 they they hated me, so they'll hate you. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. So you need to consider that Jesus suffered. So it's not going to be some strange thing when you suffer. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll hit on this more in a couple of weeks as we keep going through chapter four. It's kind of a theme in the New Testament. It is. Yeah, that's right. So consider that Jesus suffered. Uh The second is, um, I took it from uh, some textual variants. Um, There are some some early manuscripts that actually have, he suffered for you mm-hmm. or for us. Okay. And so just remembering the gospel, um, this is really the fuel for our suffering, mm-hmm. is remembering that um, whatever danger we face, our greatest danger has already been dealt with. Yeah. Jesus has suffered for us. Our, our sin has been taken care of. We are justified before God. We're reconciled with him. There is no hell for us. We, we only have heaven to look forward to. Yeah. Even if what we go through in this life seems like hell, uh-huh. when we close our eyes on this, on this life, we'll open our eyes and see Jesus uh-huh. because of the gospel, because of what Jesus has done for us. So consider that. Uh-huh. And then armor ourselves with the same way of thinking. Yeah, um, And so we have to ask, well, what was Jesus' way of thinking? I think we see that in chapter 2 uh-huh. um, that, that we've already talked about. Um, where Peter says that um, uh, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So Jesus, he experienced unjust persecution yeah. and suffering, but all throughout he didn't respond in kind but he continued entrusting himself to God. And so we're supposed to arm ourselves with that same way of thinking that whatever unjust persecution and, and hostility we face, we entrust ourselves to God, knowing that God is the one who judges justly. Uh-huh. And Good. so those were those were the three ways in which um we we need to consider Jesus as we arm ourselves yeah. to prepare to suffer.
0: Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> So let's jump into number two, and then that one will have more things we can just kick around as application. Okay. Um, number two, we're to arm ourselves by deliberately pursuing righteousness. Mm-hmm. There are some things that we need to know that this does not mean, right? Right. Well, so when you read it, you may come away with a different, if you just read into it, maybe some foreign ideas, mm-hmm. which are easy to do but you warned us not to do that. Right. So talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, you know when I was when I was I knew this was the sermon was coming up and I was I was anticipating verse 6 because verse 6 is a controversial verse in this in this chapter. But when I actually sat down to study at verse 6 came I came away with it very clear, but I, I had a really difficult time with verse 1. <laughs> and that was unexpected. Mm-hmm. So he says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. But then this next, this next phrase is difficult. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Mm-hmm. So it sounds as if the one who suffers is done with sin. Like there's, so there's a danger. There's two dangers that we need to, to know. This, this isn't teaching this. So the first danger is the danger of asceticism. You have to explain that, right? Uh, yeah. And asceticism is this idea that um, by afflic- inflicting physical pain or um, by depriving yourself of something that is necessary for the body, like food, then somehow you are you're sanctifying yourself. You're becoming more holy. Um, Do so, we see
0: anybody doing this today in our world?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you can see this. You can see this in the Roman Catholic Church oh. in like the the monasteries, okay. or um, you know, they, they take vows. Um, some orders of monks, I, you know, these are the more, I guess we could say, extreme right. branches. Uh-huh. You know, taking vows of silence, um, vows of poverty. Um, they'll, they won't. They'll just eat, you know, the the basics to keep themselves alive, uh. um, stuff like that, yeah. and they do that because they think that. That somehow merits some kind of righteousness, mm-hmm. some kind of favor before God, mm. and, and we we looked at, at Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't planning on you saying what you said at the confession of sin, but I wasn't planning on saying what I said in the sermon. All right, there you go. <laughs> so it just it just went along. Yeah, you know we we talk about Martin Luther because um, that yes, uh, you know Sunday was Reformation yeah. Sunday. Um, you know he went to Rome, and he he crawled up the the stairs that were supposed to be where Jesus was put on trial before yeah. Pilate. And he went up, he crawled up on Conscious his hands and knees. Yeah.
0: Rome at the time was kind of like a religious carnival. Mm-hmm. Right. They had all these relics mm-hmm. that they had brought into Rome. So you could go to Rome and you're like, oh, climb the stairs that Jesus walked up when he was on trial. Right. And if you do that, you know, and say your Hail Marys, then a thousand years off of purgatory. Right. right. But for before that, you need to drop 10 bucks in the plate.
1: Right. Um, yeah, but it, even in even in just every day, I think that that's our default is yeah. this man-made religion of trying to earn our way to God, and we just make up ways in which, if we do this, if I don't, you know, if I don't watch so much TV, yeah, then somehow that's that's on my road to sanctification. Now that's not to say that we need to, yeah. uh, that that's not a good thing to watch less TV. But it's saying that that doesn't merit favor before God, yeah, and that doesn't make us holier. It doesn't. Yeah. it doesn't bring us any closer to God by asceticism. afflicting ourselves. Um, you know, and, if you watch,
0: you know, Mormons don't drink coffee.
1: Yeah, yeah, they don't.
0: Yeah, I think not drinking coffee might take you further away from God. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? No, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm,
1: you know, I drink coffee, but not, uh, not, not quite as, not quite as regularly as you do. I think.
0: Do you th- I think you know. There's nothing like sitting around the Sea of Galilee and just cooking up some fresh fish with the boys and having some coffee. Having some coffee. You think Jesus had some coffee? I
1: don't know. I don't. Did do they even have coffee if they back then? I had coffee. I, don't I bet they he had coffees. tea. I
0: bet they did tea. That's kind of more of a Middle Eastern thing. No. Yeah. Tea? Yeah. They, might do they have, have had coffee tea. over there. I don't
1: know. Um, they do, but I don't know if they had it in that area in that time.
0: Okay, <laughs> it's just fun. fun yeah, little, uh, little someone
1: thought. someone can Google that and get back to us.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that's just our default is to afflict ourselves in some way. If you if you watch certain movies, I know that it's in uh, like the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Not a movie that I would yeah. recommend to anybody, but there's the the villain is like this Roman Catholic. I don't even know what he is. He's like a hitman for yeah, the Roman Catholic Church, but he, the, he afflicts himself. Right? He hits himself
0: yeah. with uh, with like a whip. What order is he in? Do you remember? I don't remember. But the, they what the character is exaggerated, but that is not made up. Right? There still are orders that afflict themselves yeah. with suffer, um, with pain and suffering. My
1: my wife brought up um, the uh, the people. I think it's in the Philippines that around Easter they crucify. Oh people. yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the people that that get crucified. Yes, um, that's asceticism. Yeah, that's like they strange they think stuff, that man. they think that by by enduring some of the same kind of suffering that Jesus experienced by being makes crucified, them, it makes, makes them, them somehow holier. That's some wild stuff. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but Paul talks about this in Colossians chapter two. We don't have to go to it, but in Colossians chapter two, he says that 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 this kind of asceticism and man made. You know um, religion it has the appearance of godliness it's just man-made but it, it doesn't do anything to get rid of the passions yeah. of the flesh it, it doesn't do anything to get rid of your sin nature yeah. it looks good but it, looks it good doesn't to other people. yeah but it doesn't it doesn't have any kind of merit right. and so when he says whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin he's not talking about asceticism mm-hmm because that would be contradictory to right. what, what Paul has, has written. It would be contradictory to what Peter is writing about. Um, so that's one danger we want to avoid is asceticism. The next one, I think, um, is maybe more prominent in this, this passage, and that would be perfectionism, uh-huh. which is this idea that in, in this life there are Christians that can attain to sinless perfection. Yeah. And uh, people like John Wesley held to this. Um, he saw the, uh, what the Moravians how holy they were and he he thought oh, they've some of them at least have attained sinless perfection uh, he d- he didn't think that he'd ever attained it but he thought that it was possible mm-hmm. this was a uh something that charles finney taught also mm. sinless perfectionism and
0: um i had a i had a uh, professor in seminary he was uh you'll you'll understand when i tell you he's a football player the type of a. Uh, Professor, he was right. There's a couple different types of professors. You got your like, your like skinny, nerdy professor, uh-huh. and sometimes you have one like him, right? He says, Yeah, if anybody ever tells you that they've attained Christian perfectionism, just slap them in the face. <laughs> I and like then, the and the, then
1: see what they do, right? I like the story of uh, of Spurgeon. He, <laughs> he was eating dinner at, at a house of someone who, who said that he'd attained perfection, mm-hmm. and uh, at some point in the mill, Spurgeon. Took a glass of water and just like splashed it in his face, and the guy just blew up at him. Why would you do that? And <laughs> Same was, thing. And I, there yeah, you go. That's that that gets rid of that, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, if if you ever encounter someone that um, says that they've attained perfection, just annoy them. Just do something annoying to them and see how they respond. Yeah. Because I can guarantee they'll respond to someone <laughs> who's still battling with sin. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think that you have attained perfection. Maybe you need to take a closer look at what the Bible teaches about indwelling
0: sin. Yeah, and the, and it's the reason why you have to die and be raised to life, right? Right. This body yeah. is part of the fallen order. Mm-hmm. Okay, the whole fallen order is going away. Yeah. It'll be replaced. It's being to be replaced. And a new body is part of that. So yeah. in this, you may be renewed, maybe born again spiritually, but you're going to die. And we're right. going to talk about that in another yeah. So yeah.
1: So um, th- those are the two dangers: okay. asceticism and perfectionism. So, Whatever you come away with this verse saying, it's not those two things. Yeah.
0: So what's the reality of this verse?
1: So I think the reality of it is you look you look back at what he said. Since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. So arm yourself with the same way of thinking as Jesus, and then you look at verse um, you look at verse two. Mm. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer. For human passions, but for the will of God, and I think that uh, the way in which we can we can maybe rephrase what Peter is saying here to help us understand it is um, to understand that the person who um, is resolved to suffer in the flesh, the person who has 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 resolved that they will suffer for Christ is the person who has also resolved, they demonstrate it, by putting away sin. Mm. Um, and this, again, is it's not perfectionism. It is the daily dying to self. It's the daily putting away sin. It's, right. as John says, no longer walking in the darkness. This, this is about... This habitual walking. Yeah.
0: This is about what you have committed in your mind to be about.
1: Yeah. Because if you the suffering and holiness go hand in hand mm-hmm. because how can you say i'll I'll die for jesus, I'll suffer whatever it is for Jesus, but I'm still looking at pornography
0: uh-huh.
1: right you see how that there's there's this conflict
0: yeah, there's a disconnect
1: yeah how how can you say i'll I'll die for jesus, I'll suffer for Jesus, but if someone's rude to you, you just blow up right right.
0: Because it's, so, it's almost, in a way, easier to say, strap me to a pole, light me, <laughs> on, light me on fire, right. my last breath, I'll go down proclaiming the gospel, right. where maybe you're not kind to your neighbor. Yeah.
1: It's easy to, to say, I'll die physically, but more often, Jesus is just telling us every day to die to ourself. Mm. Like today, he's telling Christians, pick up your cross and follow him. And yeah. so if you
0: if you can't do that And this is a good reminder because this isn't a that verse can be used when we talk, tell people to pick up their cross and follow Jesus. A lot of times it's used in like a and it's right to use it in a conversionary way mm-hmm. to tell people to count the cost, pick up your cross, follow Jesus. But that's it's not a one time thing. Right. Like you're gonna have to get up in the morning and things aren't gonna go right. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get out the door on a Sunday morning and everything is just falling apart yeah die to yourself and don't be harsh with your kids
1: yeah yeah and it's
0: it's everyday thing
1: it's it is it's every day, and so I think that's what he's saying is that whoever has suffered in the flesh or whoever whoever has made that resolve that I'll die with jesus has has um, has put away sin has made a break right, right? has has stopped thinking in this worldly way. And so in verse 2, you're no longer this is pers- not what I'm about. you're no longer pursuing human passions. You're yeah. pursuing the will of God. Good. So I, I think that's I think that's the easiest <clears throat> way to understand it and it's but it's also the hardest thing to do. It is. Right? It's, I mean, yeah. we, we talk about we talk about um, you know, uh, you remember that girl that died in at Columbine? Yeah. Years ago. They uh-huh. they asked her if she was a Christian. Yeah, and I she said that. yes, uh-huh. and they killed her. Uh-huh. Like that's, that's what we all think. That's what I would do mm-hmm. if someone pointed a gun in my face and said, "Are you a Christian?" I'd say yes. Right. Like that that's that's what that's that's kind of like that's, the goal, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. That's the hero.
0: But you do wake up every day, right? In the flesh, nature puts yeah. a gun in your face and right. says, "Are you a Christian?"
1: Yeah. That's and what, what are you gonna do? Right. How 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 can you be certain that when someone puts a gun in your face and says are you a christian you'll say yes if every day you're just you're just living for human passions yeah and so we have to we have to before we before we're resolved to uh, to suffer physically for the gospel we have to be we have to deliberately deliberately die to ourselves and pursue a holy a holy way of living
0: right so that brings us to the third point, right? Yeah. Which is to put off um, mm-hmm. momentary satisfaction in in the world. Right. The world's pleasures were to put off momentary satisfaction in these lesser pleasures of the world in exchange for eternal glory and greatest pleasure. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know exactly how you worded it, but that's kind of what you were getting they at. You're
1: arming yourself by looking beyond these momentary pleasures yes. into eternal glory, because you've got you've got this um, you've got this juxtaposition that that Peter lays out for us. Um, you've got the Gentiles who are living for sensuality and passions and drunkenness and orgies and drinking parties and lawless idolatry. They're they're partying, right? I mean mm-hmm. that's that's the party lifestyle. That's that's exactly what yeah. it sounds like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could you could you could take all those descriptions and put those in America, mm-hmm. uh, in fraternities and. I mean, movies have been made about this, yep. right? Uh, this this is the 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 party lifestyle that the world thinks in, is glamorous. Indulges in and thinks this is this is it, right? Yeah, this is like, this is where this is where the fun is, right? And the Christians are supposed to um, flee from that stuff, right? That's not the lifestyle that we're supposed to pursue, and and so the world thinks that this is strange uh-huh. because. Doesn't everyone just want to live for physical pleasure? Right. I mean, why not? Yeah, because everyone's going to die. Mm-hmm. They, you know, the the unbeliever isn't worried about what happens after I die. I just want to, I just want to live now, mm-hmm. right? Um, but Peter is telling his, he's telling the churches, look beyond that, look beyond this momentary pleasure, because there's something else.
0: Yeah, I mean this this is this is the world they lived in, right? Yeah. There there are oh, yeah. There are temples all over the place, and you can go to one of these temples mm-hmm. where they're having a celebration, a festival, and they're everyone's having sex with each other. Yeah, you go and they're you like go to worship yeah, Aphrodite. Yeah, and it's like, hey, they're just expecting that you join in with this, right, in this drunken orgy. And and a lot of this was to worship
1: the gods. Yeah, and if you didn't do it, you're snubbing the gods and so the christians would often be accused of being the cause of earthquakes and yeah. droughts and famines what a strange and volcanoes thing, right? and
0: hey the christians let's uh let's persecute them uh, they didn't come to our orgy and therefore <laughs> right? um, the gods are mad and the crops didn't grow it's their fault right yeah, yeah. what a strange what a strange time.
1: but but um i wish i could go and find it I came across a tweet just a couple of weeks ago where someone was saying it's the Christians' fault for the, the California wildfires uh. because um, probably not all, but a lot of Christians aren't buying into the, the, the world's climate theories. Yeah. And so they're blaming Christians who are um, not buying into man-made climate change and they're saying it's your fault that California is on fire.
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of we talk about this global warming stuff, but a lot of people aren't—they don't believe—they don't not believe that because they're not informed. A lot of times, it's because they—they're not easily manipulated. <laughs> right, right. The people who easily—it's a
1: complex issue. Yeah. Right.
0: A lot of people that go along along with whatever the media tells you are the same people that think um, actual coyotes carry kids across the border, <laughs> right? And so they say you're dumb for not believing in global warm, warming, uh, but yet. We think coyotes, actual are you telling a- me it's not
1: Are you telling me it's not actual coyotes that are carrying? Uh, co- no, I mean, I, a- I really had a high regard for those Navy SEALs that took out <laughs> right <Larkin>. <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> you guys can check it out if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, but, you know, there's the, the Greek warm warm period mm-hmm. was hotter than it is right now. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah. Across the whole globe? Right. The Earth was hotter than it is right now. Yeah. That's the Greek warm period. That's when Alexander the Great surprise, was conquering all these lands, and he was able to expand because the environment was so good. Yeah. And this warm period continued through into the Roman period, and that's why they had such a boom of agriculture. Right. And then that was followed by a very cold period in the medieval times. Yeah. And, you know, I don't deny the environment changes. I just I uh, think it's a lot clo- more closely tied to the sun. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy, <laughs> call me crazy, but I don't think that we were producing fossil fuels in the Greek Warm Period.
1: Yeah, but um, it, so it's—I it, mean, it's—it's it, it's a little it's, sidebar. It's, it, well, I mean, it, it ties back in. I mean, it seems funny that the that the Romans would blame Christians when bad things happen, but it's unbelievers now are going to do the same thing. Right. They're they're going to blame Christians when bad things happen. Yeah, they're going to say it's the Christians' fault. It's their it's their backwards way of thinking that leads to all this stuff. Right. Um, I'm surprised that they haven't blamed coronavirus on on Christians yet.
0: Oh, they'll try because because Christians are continuing to gather. And they're blaming gather.
1: Tr- they're blaming Trump continuing to gather for worship. It's gonna yeah. they're gonna blame. Oh, yeah 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 absolutely yeah it uh yeah so it's it's not they'll. It will be more scientific, you know, "quote unquote" scientific uh-huh. in why they're blaming the Christians. Right. But they're going to do the same thing that the pagans did in the first century. They're they're going to blame the Christians for <clears throat> this stuff because that word that's that's translated here in verse four that they'll malign you is the Greek word blaspheme. They'll blaspheme right. believers.
0: And uh, I just saw uh, a tweet this morning from one of my old classmates, classmates in my doctoral project degree. He. um He's there in Silicon Valley, and there were spies at his church Sunday, mm. and they didn't know they were there. Yeah. Um, but they were following, they thought, California guidance. They were outside, ma- like a mask. How stupid is it to wear a mask outside? I'm not saying they're <laughs> stupid, but Cal- the California stuff. Ridiculous. <clears throat> but he got a ticket because they didn't have proper signage. One person singing had his mask off while singing, mm. And people were closer than 10 feet. Wow. Six feet's not good enough. All right. 10. So the service, so they're like done, right? And then yeah. surprised, they find out there were spies among them. Mm-hmm. And, but hey, if you want to go celebrate the Lakers winning right. the NBA championship, that's a free for all, man. Right. You can go down there, no mask, you can party, you can do whatever do drugs publicly, drink in public.
1: It would be the same thing if uh, you know, the Dodgers win. Exactly. You know, um, two, two sports teams in, mm-hmm. what, couple of months apart, and there will be celebrations in the streets and,
0: yeah. Well, let's keep rooting for Tampa Bay. Okay. <laughs> but <clears throat> this stuff for a long time had to seem like, oh, this stuff isn't happening in America. right. Like our parents, when they would read these passages, mm-hmm. like people just maybe would say mean things to them. But yeah. those, time, those things, th- these times are changing so quickly.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I think that this, this sermon that I preached on Sunday was maybe the most important one that I preached in this book. Mm-hmm. As I was preparing it, I was thinking to myself, with everything that's going on, I want our church to be prepared. I want them to be prepared, and this is the kind of stuff you can't prepare when they're they're kicking your door down to drag you to jail for being a Christian. That's not when you can prepare to suffer. You got to prepare now. You got to prepare
0: before it happens. Let's speculate for a bit. Okay. Okay. For application. Yeah. This past ten years has been the quickest cultural change that I can think of, even reading. Yeah. Like we read history, oh, yeah. we read things. The past 10 years, the cultural shift that has happened, it's it's hard to even believe it has happened. Yeah. So let's project into the future. How might Christians be persecuted in America if the next 20 years unfold as quickly as the last 10? What do you think?
1: Um I think it will be Maybe not even being fined anymore, but actually being thrown into jail for hate speech.
0: Uh, according to what? Like you're talking for LGBTQ yeah. issues? Oh yeah, yeah. So, I think
1: so. I, I think that's just going to keep moving right forward, and already because they're
0: doing this in like Ireland, mm-hmm. and uh, so Great, in, Great Britain is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Great Britain would be the that would be what I would point to and say, look, that's what's going to happen over here. Right is you can't you can't say these kinds of things,
0: so you could not stand up in public, and I think you're right, I think in twenty years, if you stand up with a bible oh, uh,
1: and i i twenty years that's that's yeah. very generous yeah yeah that's very, being generous. very generous i would and the only reason i would I, gen- I would be reluctant to say ten years
0: well, the only reason I'm being that generous is because I think in america uh there'll be uh there'll be some by the right by non christian right mm-hmm. there may be a resistance, even a violent resistance, to some of this change. Yeah, But eventually, I think it probably will happen, mm-hmm. no matter what. Um, so you won't be able to open your Bible and preach, as such were some of you. Yeah. This is, the Bible tells us that homosexuality is a sin, yeah. uh, transgenderism is a sin, it's a rebellion against God, but there's good news, because Jesus died for all men, mm-hmm. and you can be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and this is a free gift. If you simply say that in twenty years, uh, they'll throw you in jail. They'll probably go dig up this podcast, like the Ministry of Truth, <laughs> right? They'll probably find our podcast, and then like they may come and find me and kick down my door because I preached uh, this right now on this podcast. Yeah. So in twenty years, this probably could be used in a trial against me, right? Right. That's probably where we're going. Yeah. But coupled to that, um, you're, I th- you're I think, already
1: you're already seeing how <laughs> Christians are being censored. Yeah. And Twitter, Facebook, the the big the big tech,
0: they are without a doubt. People people don't think they're doing it. They do they're it in censoring a, it. They do it in a subtle and sly way. I'll tell you how. All right. So if you're listening, when we started this podcast at the beginning, like it on Facebook when we started our Facebook, it it kind of blew up at first. We're right. getting five six hundred impressions and all like different engagements, right? Mm-hmm. Um and only off of like a couple people sharing it and th- and these are not paid we didn't buy a, an ad it's organic um after 2 weeks that they 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 shadow banned us they killed it so we'd have six people share something and 40 people yeah so we go from 600 people to 40 people seeing it and that's because they 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 are they're not blocking us Right, officially, right. They're just keeping it from populating in people's feeds on yeah. purpose. Yeah, because they have the, their algorithm listens to the content. People don't know that probably. Isn't that wild to think about? Like they have they have their their AI can listen to yeah. the content. Yeah, and if you have the keywords, the things we talk about, mm-hmm. they'll they'll shadow ban you. Yeah,
1: it's it's 1984. It's just a more hi, high tech than George Orwell could have imagined right that you don't have to have actual people sitting there listening or watching you through your TV you have computer programs that can do it
0: yes exactly yeah so okay so connected to that the censoring of preachers what do you think will happen to parental rights in 20 years
1: um, you know they they've already they've already kind of pushed this in some of the more liberal areas uh, taking kids out of their homes for Uh, You know, if 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 the child says that they're transgender, right, and the parents say say no and don't, you know, right, allow them to mutilate themselves, exactly. Yeah, um, they'll they try to take them away, right. And this is this is going to be especially true with with foster homes and adoption. Christians aren't going to be able to do those things anymore. Um, They're going to have to find new ways to yeah to care for for children for orphans We'll I mean, have to find yeah. new ways to do it because you won't be able to go through the state it, it, right. it they just won't they will to not they will not they will not put a child
0: your children will not belong to you anymore they'll belong to the state that that'll right. be the state's position yeah uh, they are
1: they already think that yeah they already think that right um, you know that's that's one of the that's one of the reasons why i think even if you even if you send your children to public school, you need to be highly involved right because the state is going to increasingly think that these children belong to the state right we We teach them right, and it doesn't you know uh they don't care about the kid obeying their their parents they don't care about the what the parents want it's what goes on at the school mm-hmm. that's that's it, yeah, right.
0: I think I think Christians need to be more involved uh, than they have been in public school. It can be turned, because from my observation of liberals is they're very weak when confronted. I think more Christians need to get on school boards and confront mm. and push back. Yeah. They need to fight. It's time to fight. So be a public school teacher and fight. Get on a school board and fight, because they fold. They're weak. They're, they're not bold when confronted. Right? they They can't handle it like that's just the way that they are uh, but the problem is, is we've retreated out of a lot of these areas and we're not confronting but George I was, I was talking about this in my sermon. it didn't make our podcast, but if you don't think they're going to take your children away in 20 years for teaching them the Christian worldview, I think you need to wake up yeah. um, My daughter could not get her cartilage pierced without her without our permission. This is how it's strange and unusual our world is right but she could go get an abortion yeah wrap your mind around that george mm-hmm. and if i were to try to stop her there could potentially be a legal battle right. where if carried out to its logical end the way things are going she could be taken from me by the state for me trying to prevent her from having an abortion yeah. but george she cannot get her cartilage in her ear pierced without my permission right it's wild
1: it's just, yeah, it's just the depravity of our world.
0: It is insane.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just going to get worse um, if if God doesn't have mercy on us.
0: It's crazy. Right. So you got to get prepared. You got to get prepared right now. Yeah, that's and that's what I loved about this passage because God's word is timeless. It's timeless. These principles transcend culture and time and right. are relevant for us. Right.
1: Yeah, and and you uh you know this last point is I think that I think that um we too often think about the things that we're going to lose. You know, if I if I live a righteous life, people aren't going to invite me out. I'm gonna lose I'm gonna lose friends. If the coworkers are going out after work, they're not gonna invite me. Hmm. Um, friends, friends at school, they're going to go out, you know, after the game, they're not going to invite me. Mm.
0: Um, that's my kid's life.
1: Yeah. And there can be some loneliness mm. attached to that, some pain that's attached to that. And this passage tells us that those who are engaged in these worldly things are going to face judgment. And Christians are going to face resurrection. Like yeah. that's, that's what the last verse is all about. Yeah. Because um, the unbeliever looks at the Christian and they say, What, what difference does it make being a Christian? Because we, we both die. Mm-hmm. We both are going to die. I'm just going to have more fun before I die than you are. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm at least going to have a good time. You're just going to be a prude <laughs> and then you're going to die too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what this last verse. What Peter says is, "This is why the gospel is preached to those who are who are dead." And I, I think the NIV is right to to insert the word "now." Like it, the gospel is not being preached to dead people, right? Right? It's being preached to people who are now dead. That these are Christians that they've lived this way, yeah. and they're dead. And the they, unbelievers are saying, "Well, look, they, they died." Yeah. And Peter's saying, "This is why the gospel is preached to those who are dead, so that even though they're judged in the flesh, the way that people are." They die. Yeah, they'll live. They'll live. Um, they'll they'll live uh, by the Spirit the way that God does. Mm-hmm. And this is tied to um, chapter three, verse eighteen, where Christ suffered in the flesh. He was put to death in the flesh, but he was raised in the Spirit. Yeah, he was made alive by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Christ died, but he was physically raised. Believers they'll physically die, but they will also be physically raised right. by the Spirit. So, what difference does it make? Resurrection, yeah. There's resurrection. If there was no resurrection, then like Paul says in First Corinthians 15, let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Right, right. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. go party. Yeah, yeah. That's that is the logical conclusion. If there is no resurrection, if if we're just space dust and and we're we just live for the moment and then we die and there's nothing, yeah. Let's go and do whatever. Mm-hmm. Like let's. Let's be hedonists. Let's right. just be pleasure seekers. Let's yeah. just do whatever. And not even fear death because who cares? There's, right. there's, nothing, there's nothing on the other side. Yeah. But there is a resurrection. Jesus has risen from the grave. And those who trust in him, they will rise again. Mm-hmm. And so this is why the gospel was preached, so that people would repent and believe, so that even though they die in the flesh, they'll be raised to walk by the Spirit. Yeah. When Christ comes, we'll mm-hmm. be resurrected. Yeah. And so that makes all the difference. That makes all the difference. So, yeah, it does. so whatever you face in this life, um, it's momentary. It's momentary. The, the losses that you experience, they will be eternally eclipsed by the brilliance of Jesus when he comes. And so we can be prepared to suffer because we're looking not not just to you know, 60, 70, 80 years here on this earth. We're looking forward to eternal glory.
0: Very good, George. This is a great sermon. Loved it. Hopefully this has been a blessing to you and it has edified you and equipped you. If it has been, please like, subscribe, share. Maybe consider writing us a review. Hey, maybe you can be that first person that hops on Facebook and writes us a Facebook review. That'd be helpful for us. Share with your friends. Ask them to listen. Sit down and have a conversation with them about it. Um, It's our hope and it's our desire that everything we do here on this podcast would help you to become more conformed to Christ.